welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Come on, give Jesus a big hand. I'm really excited to be here tonight. Victory Way! Look at your neighbor and say, I got the victory. Tell the other person, say, I got the victory. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to jump right into it. And right there, you should have your handout. And for those of you, our VFAM, you could download it. Just scan the QR code and you can follow along with us. And uh, like we've been saying, this is Victory Way Descendants Edition. And hopefully, if you have not got our pastor's book and uh, we've derived some principles and values from our pastor's book, a testimony, uh, a legacy as far as with our, our ministry that we're able to really be able to utilize as for us in our Christian walk here at Victory Outreach. Everybody understand what I'm saying? Everybody catching it, amen? So that's what we want to make sure that all of us are in alignment. And so I want to encourage you not only get the book, but what? Read it, amen, read it. And so we actually picked it up last week. We talked about honoring the roots. And this week, we talk, this week is identity crisis. And this is actually chapter two in the book. And this is going to be a two-part this week and next week. And like tonight's topic is identity crisis. So the question is, who am I? Who am I? Discovering who you are in Christ. You know, Pastor gives a definition in his book on page 27, there in your notes. It says, identity crisis is, is, is a developmental event that involves a person questioning their sense of self or place in the world. And everyone, every single person, I don't care who you are, I think we all come to a place where we struggle finding our identity. You know, those pictures... I can relate with every single one of them because when I was in high school, we had all of those. And we had more, I think. We had people who wanted to be like Bob Marley, and they were Mexicans. Right? We had rebels. How many rebels, right? They were probably rebel familia back then. Party crews, right? Ravers, the jocks, the stoners, the preps. I mean, I could go on and on and on. We had so many. And, uh, and I have to be honest, I tried to fit in. So one week I was a raver, next week I was a tagger, next week I was in the store. I mean, every single one. And, and I think it was the main reason because I had an identity crisis. I didn't know who I was. So I tried to fit in. But as, so, as, as hard as I tried to fit in, I always stood out. And the reason why I stood out was because God had a calling upon my life. Are you hearing me? Because one of the things you have to understand, identity, probably one of the main things, is that identity is about belonging. It's not just about finding who you are, but also where you belong. No matter how you were raised and what influences you may have had or lack thereof, we all have this inner struggle to discover our identity. And not only before you met Jesus, but even after, when you get saved, sometimes we still struggle with identity. Many, for years, people would always say, oh, you look like your dad. You have the same name like your dad. And so, obviously, you're going to preach like your dad. I would hear that my entire life. Right? So, eventually, I did find out, hey, I was called, I was saved. I was called to preach. And I got an opportunity, speaking of London, to do my first international Overseas revival. 
three days. And I was so excited, pumped up, fasting and praying, and I was pumped. So I go, first night, I'm speaking, and I speak my heart out. And I think, to be honest, it was a pretty good service. Got moved, people got saved, people got touched, people were broken at the altar. And afterwards, I'm shaking hands with people, and all of a sudden, this older English lady comes up to me. And I'm thinking she's going to say, great job, or, you know, hey, that was awesome. You know what she tells me? So you're not funny like your dad, huh? That man, I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know what it was supposed to be. I, I got so complex. That night, I went back to my room, and I'm like, man, what the heck, what am I doing here? Why did they have me come there? If they want me to be funny, they should invite my dad. I had this big old argument with myself and God. Have you ever been there before? I'm like, why am I here then? Man, if they wanted me to be funny, I'm not funny. They should have called my dad. And I'm like complaining and all this. All in the room, everybody had those, those pity parties all by yourself. And finally, I just prayed. And I'm like, God, what the heck am I doing here? I'm not funny. They want me to be like my dad. I'm not like my dad. I'm nothing like him. And he's been preaching all these years. And all of a sudden, God spoke to me. He goes, Philip, if I wanted your dad to come, I would have booked him. But I called you as well. You have a calling. You have a purpose. And God said, you know what he said? Just be you. Look at your name and say, just be you. Just be you. And from that moment on, I ran with it. I said, you know what? I don't need to be like anybody else. I need to be who God has called me to be. Come on, somebody shout. See, everyone comes to a point where they must discover who they are and where they belong. Who they are and where they belong. You know, our pastor talks about in his book that he needed to separate. And he went to Amsterdam, there, Holland, Amsterdam, Holland. And that's where God spoke to him, his calling. I too needed to separate and find out my calling and, and find out what God had for me. All of us need to find out who God has called us to be, every single one of us. Because this, there is a moment, yes, you get saved, but you still need to figure it out. Like, God, why am I here? What do you have for my life? What's my purpose? Every single one of us. But it all starts with going back to the Bible. What does the Bible say about who you are? It starts there. And I think the first thing that you have to understand Right, is that you and I have been made in God's image. It starts there. That you are made in God's image. Tell your neighbor, say, that's why I'm so good looking. Come on, tell me, say, that's why I'm so good looking. Because I am made in God's image. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. Not other. Male and what? Female, I don't see other in there. Male and what? Female, he created them. We were originally made in God's image. Made in his likeness. Made to resemble him. But notice, it's not there in your notes, but if you go back to Genesis chapter 3, notice where the enemy came in. And all of a sudden, the enemy lied. And the enemy tried to deceive 
Adam and Eve about their identity. Isn't that nothing new? Not like, oh, today, 2023, it's a new trick. No, it goes all the way back into Genesis. Because the devil deceived Adam and Eve and said, if you eat of this fruit, you will be like God. But they already had their identity. What was the Bible said? That they were already what? Made in the image of God. So all of a sudden, now the enemy is trying to tell, hey, if you eat this, you're going to become like. There's deception right there. They were already created and made to be in God's image. Are you hearing me? So the, the, thus, the fall of man came because the, the, the devil lied and distorted the view of who they really were by saying, did God really say? Just like our pastor when he got that, that uh, demonic uh, attack, basically what it was, is God, God, there is no God. Comes all the way back in Genesis. Did God really say that if you eat of this fruit, you will die? Did God really say that, hey, that you are more than a conqueror? Did God really say you're a leader? Did God really say that is, that is the enemy's number one tactic to be able to distort our view of what God really said? Are you hearing me? But thank God that from that very moment that even though Adam and Eve ate of the fruit and they fell into the deception of the enemy, but from that very moment, God set in motion the plan of salvation to bring us back to our true identity by him sending his only son so that you and I could be reconciled back into relationship with God Almighty. Come on, give Jesus a big hand. That yet our spirit might, may have died at that moment, but when we give our life to Jesus, we are born again. And when we are born again, the Bible says that we are new creatures in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I came to tell you, the moment you gave your heart to Jesus, you came back into the right place of what God has for your life. You're no longer enslaved in sin, but now you have been justified. You have been clothed with right. Righteousness. Now you are a son, a daughter of the living God. You are a child of God. Somebody shout and give God a hand of praise. So now you're in a new position. That's why the Bible says that we can approach the throne of grace boldly. Not because of anything that we've done, but because of our position of who we are. Who we are in what? Christ. Well, that's powerful right there. You should get excited so that when you pray, it doesn't matter what you've done, the mistakes, the hangups, the struggles, God's not, he's looking past that because the blood of Jesus covers a multitude of sin. And because of Christ's death and resurrection, all things have passed away. And you are brand new. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, I'm brand new. Tell somebody, say, hey, I'm brand new. 
Galatians, Apostle Paul writes in chapter 2, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, the old person that we used to be is dead. You're no longer those things, that homeboy, that raver, that tagger. You're no longer that liar. You're no longer that adulterer. You're no longer that fornicator. Hello, somebody. You're no longer those things no more. Now you are a brand new person. You're a new person now who lives in Christ. So not only are we been made in his image, not only are we new creatures in Christ, but thoroughly we are called. Somebody shout, I'm called. Ephesians chapter 2 says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You have to understand that you and I, we have been created for purpose. Created for a purpose. And what is that purpose? Right there in Ephesians, it tells us. We are created to do what? What are we created to do? I can't hear you. What are we created to do? Good works. Every one of us is created to do what? Good works. So circle that, underline it, highlight it. So when you think, well, what is that God called me to do? I don't understand. What is it? What is it? What is it? You're called to do good, good works. What is good works? You might ask. Good works is basically doing good unto others. Hello, somebody. Did you know that? That when, when you come and encounter with, with a somebody, no matter who it is, that whoever it might be, the moment they leave you, they leave off in a better condition when they first encountered you. Whether it be a word of encouragement, through uh, being gentle, through love, through praying for them, by giving towards them, whatever the case may be, that is good works. Not giving them the hand signal when you're driving on the freeway. That's not good works. But every single one of us, the Bible says before we were born, God had, had given us a specific purpose for our life. He told Jeremiah, and he, God is telling us, before I formed you, in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Just like God called and separated Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations, he has called and separated you and I. Before you were even born, he knew you. Ooh, that's powerful. Before you were even in your mother's womb. Before the seed entered into the egg. That's why I'm not going to get into politics, but anyways, that's a whole other story. But, but, but before, are, are you hearing me? Before that even happened, that conception, the Bible says, boom, I knew you. I knew you before you even came into existence. That's how powerful God is. That's how powerful you are. That he already knew you, he already called you, and he already ordained you. 
Woo, that's awesome. So maybe nobody else wanted you, but God wanted you. Did you hear what I just said? Maybe nobody else wanted you, but God wanted you. And let me go on. So not only what does the Bible say about who we are, but also where do we belong? Where do we belong? We all have a place in the body of Christ, every single one of us. Every believer, every Christian has a unique role to play in the overall body of Christ. And all of us have unique gifts to bring to the table. It talks about it, about the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians. Paul gives a, a great uh, uh, outline right there. And basically, what he's trying to convey to all of us is that every part of the body is necessary. Right? Have you ever hurt something that you, you didn't think that you needed until you heard it? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, I didn't really realize how much I needed it. Like say like your little pinky toe. Has that ever happened to you? Like you don't think about your pinky toe until you hurt your pinky toe. Then when you hurt your pinky toe, you're like, I can't walk. Why can't you walk? Oh, because I hurt my pinky toe. But you never think about it other than that. But how important that little bunion pinky toe and yeah, it got bunions, and it got a big old nails, and it's like a claw. I know some of y'all right there. Come on, don't look at me like that. Like a claw. <laughs> some of you are right now like, how did he know? That's why you can't fit into your shoe because of that. Anyways. But that little pinky toe. Is necessary. You are necessary to the body. You are necessary. The role and the purpose you play, no matter if, no matter how you may insignificant you may think it may be, it is not. Just like how we think the small pinky toe is insignificant, it is not. You are necessary, and not only necessary. But also, you're valuable. Every part of the body is valuable. Are you hearing me? Not only do you understand that you have a place in the body of Christ, but also we have a place in our local church. That's why we have that theme that we are what a people you call family and a place you call home. What are we trying to convey to you? We try to convey to you that, hey, you're a part of the family. You belong here, and you have a place here. You have a place within our local church. And every one of us have a, play a role in reaching our community and making disciples. And there is more than enough room for every single one of us to get involved and take our place. I don't believe God has called you just to sit there in the chair week after week. I don't believe that. I don't believe that's God's calling. If I read God's word correctly, that does not mean just come to church on Sunday and that's it. Yastuvo, no. Every person God called in the Bible, you read them, they all did something for God. They had a purpose. They had a place. They had a role. They had something to contribute to the overall kingdom of God. Are you hearing me? Not only do we have a place in our local church, 
But we also have a place in their international vision of Victory Outreach. We're not just a local ministry. But you have to understand that we are a part of a, of a global movement. A global movement. And lately we've been having speakers from different parts of the world. Their family from all over. You're a part of something big. We're not just a community church. There's other churches for them. Thank God for them. Thank God that God uses them. And we pray for them that God will continue to use them. But that's not, that's not our, just our calling, just to reach our community. We are called to reach the world. The world. To see other testimonies like Nick and Rocky. Nick, yeah, even though they were from, from a, a northern cow. But how many of we've heard testimonies from people, thank God, Victor George came to South Africa, to Brazil, to Amsterdam, to Mexico, to Australia. Are you hearing me? We're a part of that. And you may say, well, how can I be a part of the international vision? Well, you can go, of course. We have this crusade for the Boston. Boom, there you go. You can be a part of that as you go and be a part of the crusade. Sign up. That's the best way. You know, I've, I've been on so many crusades. Pastor asked me, are you going to go? I was like, I don't know, man. I, man, I've been on so many. My God. Ran them, did them, slept in, in, uh, on floors and some really bad. Anyways, I won't go into it. Now they're going to have a nice. They're staying in a nice university, like a hotel. Back in our days, in the Joshua generation, brother, you slept with rats. They fed you with powdered milk and cereal. No joke. There was no AC. Anyways, let me go on. But now it's going to be nice. Oh, man, you're going to have a bus and you're going to have a nice place to stay. Oh, you're spoiled now. But you go out there to reach souls. That's how you're able to be a part of this global movement. And not only just to go, another way to pray for, the, pray for our global movement, pray for the different missionaries, Pray for the different churches. And then lastly, you're able to give towards it as well. That's what United We Can is all about. Right? And what you have to remember as a global movement, even though it started in the local beginning, God gave us promises. In Isaiah chapter 45 and Isaiah chapter 54, you can read them there in your notes. Right? But you have to understand that those promises are not just for Victory Outreach, our founder or our pastor but they're for all of us as well. If you're a part of Victory Outreach, they, those promises are your promises as well. Did you hear me? Those are your promises. V-group leaders, when you go into your city, hey, God has called me to reach treasures out of darkness. He's going to give me treasures here in my community, here in my city. Oh, God's called me. He gave me promise that my descendants are going to dispossess and inherit nations. Those are your promises as well. Come on, somebody. They're yours. Somebody say they're mine. They're my promises as well. So it's imperative that you internalize them. You internalize them. They're not just Pastor Sonny Arganzoni Sr.'s promises. They're not just Pastor Sonny Arganzoni Jr.'s promises. They're yours as well. Are you hearing me? Did, did, you, did you catch that tonight? And when you think of, when you think of what God's given us treasures, those treasures are your family members, your loved ones, 
your sons and your daughters, your co-workers. Those are the treasures that God's called us and has given to us. Those are, the tre- those are the promises that God has for us. God has promised us the nations. And yes, not everybody will go. But some will. Oh, and it's exciting. It's exciting for those that God has placed a calling upon your life. And one day, some of you are going to be on this stage and we're going to be praying for you because you're going to be going out to a different city, a different state, a different country, a different continent. One day, you internalize everything that we have been saying. You caught it and you say, hey, I found out what God has for my life. God has called me to be a city taker. God has called me to reach a country. Oh, and all of a sudden, you'll find yourself like Pastor Danny and Eileen, like Brother Spencer and Chantel. All of a sudden, a group of people in a different city reaching others that no one else have reached. That's what God has done in our ministry victory hours for over 55 years. Somebody shout and give God a hand to praise and what you have to realize is that for over 55 years we have been true to our purpose as a ministry we know our identity we know what we're called to there's a lot of great churches, and they got their thing, and they're beautiful, and I'm sure you watch them on YouTube, and you hear their music, and they're great and all that. But I came to tell you, for over 55 years, we know who God has called us to be, and we don't need to be like anybody else. We don't need to be like that church or that ministry or that movement. We got our own purpose. We got our own vision. We got our own promise. We got our own calling. We got our own identity. And we have stayed true to that. Reaching treasures out of darkness. Somebody shout and give God a hand of praise. So when you come here, let me just say this. And this is not even my notes. Don't you dare compare to us to anyone else. Because we're not like and we're not supposed to be like anyone else. We are who God has called us to be. Even you. Don't you dare compare yourself to anyone else. You don't need to compare yourself to pastor, to me, to your brother or your sister. God has called you to be the very best of who he has called you to be. You better shout and clap your hands and give Jesus a radical praise. Slap your neighbor. Tell him, just be you. Just be you. Worship team, come. Not the, we don't need the singers. Just the band. Caution. If you don't discover your identity in Christ, then you'll never find yourself fully realizing who you were created to be. If you never find out who you were created to be in Christ, let me tell you a word of caution. Satan will supply one for you. He'll give you a purpose. Did you hear me? 
He'll give you a purpose. And you may think, well, oh, it's a drug addict. No, 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 no. It could be things that may seem not sin. It's, it's not sin. I'm not sinning. I'm a good person. Yeah. But are you doing what God created you to do? That's the bottom line. Because you go, well, well I'm, I'm being a good Christian. But let me just tell you this. Our theme is Jesus is coming, what, soon. And the bottom line is this. Whether you believe or not, go to your word. We will all be judged. Every one of us. Not for our sins because we've already been cleansed. We're saved. We don't got that judgment. But, we'll, but we will be judged for what we do. Did you fulfill what I created you to do? God said. Did you fulfill it? Did you do it? We'll be judged for that. Now how much money you make? Now where you live? Now what car you drive? Now, now what shoes you wear? Right now how many followers you have? No, no, no. Did you do what God created you to do? That's facts. Are you hearing me? That's a sobering truth. And yeah, you say, well, that's pretty rough. Well, sir, take it with God. He's the one that said it. <laughs> I'm just the messenger. Well, all of us, myself. And for ministers, we even get more. We get uh, 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 judged even more because we're ministers. So trust me, I, I'm like in the fear of God. Like, man, I got to make sure we do what God's called us to do because we're even judged more severely. Because we're ministers. So if you want to be a minister, whoo, better know what you're doing, getting yourself into. Anyways. But if you don't know who you are, then there's no one better to help you figure out than the one who created you, which is God. God is our maker. And I like what Pastor says in his book, chapter, chapter, uh, page 43. God is our maker. And who better to help us discover who we are meant to be. So right there, I'm going to ask you, for the next few moments, on your table, you should have a, like a table leader. If not, somebody take the lead. And I want you to go around your table, and I want you to ask, what did you take away from today's message? What part of your identity in Christ stands out the most to you from today's teaching? And then lastly, ask on that table, do you know how you fit in the body? So there's three questions right there. We're going to give you a few moments. Let everybody have a chance to talk. Don't let somebody just hog up all. There's always that hogger, right? Don't let that hogger talk it all up. Spread the wealth. Let everybody share. And if you don't know somebody, introduce yourself. Have them introduce themselves. Get to know someone. Get to know someone there at your table. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, 
let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.